I just had a, in the worship, I just had a sense of just knowing Jesus is our friend. And we all need a friend. You know, a friend can be a spouse, a friend can be, you know, just someone we see or even friends with our family. But Jesus is a friend. He's, he's everything at any time that we ever need him to be. And, um, you know, I've just been, before COVID started, I've been asking, the, the Gospels tell us that Jesus only ever did what he saw his father doing. And for me, I've been saying, Jesus, show me what the father's doing and I, so I can do that. And also, help me to understand how the father and the son live within me by the power of the Holy Spirit and what that means for me and how to use, I guess, use that or express that. And I just read an article about, I don't know if you know the guy, a guy called uh, Seth and Jake, Jay, is it Jay Lagaya? You know, Jay, yes, he was in play school and he, he's Samoan, you'd rec- probably recognise him. He's in play school and he's Samoan and he was in actually the Star Wars trilogy. The, 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 the not, well, no, he was one of the captains, I think, wasn't he? So he, w- he was in the second set of three, which were really the first three. Or anyway, anyway, how you want to go? Anyway, I read an article about him, and he just was saying, you know, he just he just hears God, and you know, God tells him knock knock jokes, and God enjoys doing Sudoku with him, and God enjoys doing all the things that he likes to do. And just, I just want to encourage you to take notice of those little thoughts, because he said he went to go for an audition for the Lion King. And he didn't want to do it. He didn't know much about the Lion King. He didn't want to do it. He said, oh, I'll just give this a miss and go and have an ice cream. And God said to him, well, why don't you go to the audition and then have your ice cream? And then he got the, got the part and, you know, that led to a long-term thing and him enjoying that kind of thing. And it's just like, you know, God speaks to us in little ways to just, he's your friend and he wants you to enjoy him and to know that he's there with you but every step of the way. And for me... Like sometimes he just says, you know, at the shop, shop, I think, oh, I need to get that. And then I think, well, no, I don't need to get it. And then I get home and I realise, oh, I did need to get that. It's like, or, you know, don't put your cup there because you're going to spill. It's going to get spilled. The boys are going to knock it over. And I thought, oh, no, that'll be all right. That won't happen. I put my cup there and what happens? It gets spilled. It's just, I think, just want to encourage you that God speaks to you in these little ways because he's your friend and he's there. Jesus is there with you by every step of the way. And he's everything that you need in every single situation. Sometimes we don't see that at the time. It's only in the dawn that we see that. We look back and we think, there he was all along, holding my hand, being my friend, and loving me no matter what. So thank you. Yvonne and myself have been talking a little bit lately about uh, freedom and what that means and how did, what that looks like. But I just had this verse that keeps has been stuck in my mind for the last couple of weeks, and that is, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. And uh, just over and over again, that's just been going over, whoever the sun sets free, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. And um, just, the, just the thought, uh, I remember a guy, his name is Richard Wormbrand. I think I've talked about him before, but he was a Romanian guy who was in prison for preaching the gospel in Romania for 14 years, and he was tortured like beyond belief. And uh, he, would, he would be in there, and uh, I think he spent three of those years in solitary confinement, and they would torture him, they would just mock him, and they would say to him stuff like, don't you know you're just, 
you're never going to get out of this place, that you are in prison. And he would say, prison? Is this prison? This is my parish. And he would say, you're in prison. He says, you are the one that's slave to sin and the slave to death. And um, just the thought of that you can be in that place of just confinement in a place where everything around you can feel like you're locked in, that you're in this prison, that you're shackled, that you're chained up and that you can't escape and you have to actually do all these things to try and break off those chains and in your strength you have to go like I need to try and rid myself of this responsibility or rid myself of this burden that's trying to get that's trying to hold me down and it's this thing of like us trying to get ourselves free but actually it says whoever the sun sets free is free indeed if you try and do it in your own strength you're not going to be free You'll never get yourself free. None of us are strong enough to defeat sin. Yet it's preached from the front almost every Sunday. You need to beat sin. You need to be the overcomer. You need to rise up. You need to be better. You're supposed to be a Christian and you can't. You have not one ounce of ability to set yourself free. It's whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. So I just thought just to remind us in that, in this place now, like, um, you, people can feel like they're in prison. With the isolation and all the things that are going on with COVID, they're going to feel like trapped that they need to try and escape. But in that moment, you can be free. You can be completely free. All the chains broken off, like Paul and Silas who were in prison in Acts 16, and they were just worshipping God. And in that moment, they didn't worship to get free. They worshiped because they were already free. And then all the things, all the, we know the earthquake and the, all the chains broke loose. The, the jail doors blew open and they didn't run and escape. They didn't need to because they were free before that even happened. So I just want to encourage you. Remember, you're free. And it's not because of anything you've done. It's because of what Jesus has done for you. Cool. It's not very flattering to be compared to sheep, is it? Not very flattering to our human nature. Because we associate sheep as dumb animals that just have a herd instinct. And we, us intelligent, educated, opinionated people, can be real insult to be called a sheep. But to our all-loving, all-wise, all-knowing God, we are like sheep. Do you suppose that he knows something about us that we don't know? Maybe, just perhaps, since he's God. <laughs> Ezekiel 4.31 says, You, my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, are people, and I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. So there's a difference between God and people. Well, that sort of settles it, doesn't it? <laughs> In the scriptures, there's many references to people as sheep and those that lead as the shepherds. But the scripture speak, speaks about sheep as being those who are lost, slaughtered, going astray, scattered in the midst of wolves, Helpless. No wonder we don't like being compared to sheep. 
But let me explain a little bit more about sheep. <clears throat> Apparently sheep are the only animals on earth who can't defend themselves. And they can't defend themselves. They're very vulnerable because they have no fighting skills. They're totally dependent upon the shepherd for protection and for provision. And they're picky eaters. They only eat good grass. They're not like goats that will eat anything. And as ruminants, they have multiple chambers in their stomach so that they can extract maximum nutrition from their food. Now, that's a good thing for us. That means when God says meditate on the word day and night, it means we can extract maximum. Is that a problem? Maximum food from, our, from the word. And as herd animals, they're very aware. They're easily spooked and they can stampede if they're concerned or startled. And they become stressed when separated from the flock. No wonder we're battling with isolation and lockdown. However, in their defense, they know the voice of their shepherd. They're social, kind creatures. They're serious and businesslike, and they follow a schedule. They wake, they go eat, they rest. They go to other pastures. They eat, they rest. And they usually end up where they started. Don't know about you, but that sounds like one of my days. <laughs> so they're social. If they actually find something good to eat, they announce it to the others and they share. And they take turns being on the outside and in the center of the flock. So everyone gets a turn. The youngsters run and play while the adults... They're usually busy, but they can also run and play when they're feeling particularly happy. But basically, they're defenseless, they're vulnerable. And so you see the need for a good shepherd. You see the need for the love and the care that they need to derive from a good shepherd. So it might, can, might hurt our pride to be compared to sheep. But it doesn't take too much to make us aware of just how vulnerable we are, just how much we need the care and protection of someone bigger than ourselves. You know, prolonged sickness will do that. Loss of a loved one will do that. Loss of income will do that. War will do that. Persecution will do that. When we're suddenly confronted with our vulnerability, and just how defenseless we really are in life's troubles and persecutions. And I think the pandemic has brought that to the awareness of a lot of people these days. Life is precarious and scary, but it doesn't need to be terrifying when we know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. What if, without doubting, we truly believed that we had a supernatural, unconditionally loving, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-caring God who truly understands us 
accepts us and will care for us and is committed to us with covenant love. That should bring some security and comfort to us, shouldn't it? And we have an example of this in Psalm 23 with King David. He himself was a shepherd over the people of Israel. And he declared, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let those words just sink into your spirit this morning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Let that sink in. God is with you. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's his authority. That's his presence. His ability to protect. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Even in the presence of your enemies, God is there preparing a table for you to eat from. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How comforting is that? How comforting is that? This was written out of David's personal knowledge and experience of God. The many times that he'd been delivered from his enemies. David was rock solid in his trusting of God as his shepherd. And this psalm has been the source of strength and comfort for countless thousands throughout all history. And it's among the best loved and the most shared of all the psalms. But do we believe it? Do we have David's faith in God as our shepherd? It says in Psalm 78, 20 to 72, he chose David, speaking of God, he chose David his servant and took him from the sheep pens, from tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart and with skillful hands he led them. But you know, the shepherds weren't always of the caliber of David. It talks in Ezekiel 34. David prophesies, again, um, Ezekiel prophesies against the bad shepherds. They had been taking advantage of the sheep, abusing the sheep, not going after them when they were lost, not seeking them, not trying to care for them. They only cared for themselves. And so God says, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I am against the shepherds 
and I will hold them accountable for my flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and I will no longer be food for them. Then he goes on to make a promise. And this is the profile of a good shepherd. This is what can give us such courage, such comfort. Think about this. <clears throat> Ezekiel 34:11. Excuse me, I'm going to have a sweep. This, I assure you, is water. <clears throat> I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. How comforting is that, eh? As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from the places where they are scattered. I will pasture them on the mountains. I will tend them in a good pasture. They will lie down in good grazing land. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. I will shepherd the flock with justice. <clears throat> I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Verse 25 says, I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of wild beasts so that they may live in the desert and sleep in the forests in safety. I will bless them and the places surrounding my hill. Now this was written after David actually reigned. So the reference to David was as a type, <clears throat> excuse me, and a promise that there would be a descendant of David's from his line who would shepherd the sheep of Israel. So in fact it was referring to Jesus, the good shepherd, the promised Messiah. And Micah also promised some six to seven hundred years before Christ concerning Jesus. And he said, But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor gives birth, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock, in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. So when Jesus, in John 10, got up, as we've been hearing him declaring things around that Feast of Tabernacle, just before he was to go to the cross. And he said, I am the Good Shepherd. One of those seven statements that we're looking at about his Messiahship. He was clearly telling them that he was the fulfillment of these prophecies in Ezekiel and Micah. He got up and spoke and said, I am the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, 
Now that's pretty amazing, isn't it? As God, as Jesus knew the Father and the Father knew Jesus, that's how he knows us. I lay down my life for the sheep. He said this shortly before he went to the cross. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, speaking of the Gentiles. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And to fulfill that word about him being their peace, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That was a command to us, folk. We have a responsibility to guard our hearts. We have a responsibility to just realize that to be afraid is not to be trusting our shepherd. In these days and times, it's a good reminder, isn't it? Do not be afraid. He can say that because of who he is. He knows the future. He knows his ability to care for you as his sheep. And he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Jesus says all he's been sharing, all these um, seven statements, he says, all this I told you so that you will not go astray. And Isaiah 53, 6 said, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned our own way and the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and a sheep before her shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. So Jesus identified with us. As it were, he became a sheep, a rather unique sheep, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And with obvious reference to this, Peter says in 1 Peter 2.25, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. And that's the position we're in as Christians. For those of us who've made Jesus Lord and Savior, <clears throat> we have returned to the shepherd, the overseer of our souls. In John 16, Jesus goes on to tell them that he won't leave them as orphans, but that the counselor would come, the spirit of truth who will guide them into all truth. So you see, the good shepherd, Jesus, still shepherds us by the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit. That's who our shepherd is now. That's how we can get the guidance, the counsel, the direction, the comfort that we need as those that are vulnerable, as those that need leading. Holy Spirit is the one that we can rely on. Holy Spirit is the one that wants to guide your days. Just as Dione was speaking this morning, he is our friend. He's the one that's closer than hands and feet. The Holy Spirit is not out there that you've got to try and find him. He's in here. 
He's in here guiding you. And if you will just be sensitive to his promptings, like Dione was saying, sometimes they're just very gentle promptings. God can save us so much grief, folk. He really can save us so much grief. If we will just take time at the beginning of the day to check in with God, to wait on him, to lay the day before him, and to submit to him. There is one catch, though. We do have to believe, because it's in believing that we receive. And I can't emphasize to you enough how much we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. He is a good shepherd. He comes to counsel, guide, protect, comfort, and empower us. Do you know, we can have such confidence when we know that we have that ability to hear his voice. Some of you might be feeling, I don't actually hear God. If you're his sheep, the assurance is you can hear God. Maybe you're not hearing him because you're not taking the time or you're not understanding the ways in which he speaks. But ask him to help you to tune into the spirit of God within you when you read the word. Don't just go in, read it, and do it like a duty. Take the word and say, Lord, you've promised great and mighty things you will show me as I read your word. Show me great and mighty things this day, I pray, in Jesus' name. And sometimes things will pop out of the word. You've read it many times before. And that's the problem. We can become so familiar with the word. Even that precious Psalm 23. We, we can recite it off by heart. And we think, oh no, they're not going to preach on Psalm 23 again. You know, Come on, I've got past that. But actually, we never get past it. There's layers and layers of truth and revelation to the word of God. And we can read the same thing many, many times and each time get something different because of where we're at and what God's doing in our lives and just the power that resides in the Word of God. You know, there's such power in the Word of God. And so I encourage you, when you take up that Word, do it with an expectation of meeting with the Sovereign King. Do it with an expectation of him wanting to bless you, to take you on and to comfort you. He'll meet you wherever you're at. He knows your need. He knows whether you need to be comforted or to get a bit of a prod. So sometimes that's what he'll do for us. Say, but wait, there's more. (laughs) We can also ask Jesus to baptize us in his Holy Spirit. We get the Spirit when we are saved, but there's another experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit which empowers us as witnesses. It empowers us to get up and share boldly with others about our faith. It empowers us to lay hands on the sick and to see them recover. There's just so much more in God, and we need to keep on being refreshed in that infilling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 14, 12, 
I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. That seems a pretty high call, doesn't it? But then it goes on to say he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Do you see, whatever Jesus asked, he did it in order to bring glory to the Father. So when we ask for things in the name of Jesus, let that be our motivation. Let it be for the glory of the Father. We're not just asking for a new car or a new house or whatever. We're asking for that which will glorify Jesus. He said, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That's anything according to his will. He will do it. Again, do we believe it? And we put it to the test. God is wanting to do so much for, for us, more for us. And he is the shepherd who takes responsibility for his sheep. Sometimes we think it's our job. We have to get out there and do things. Just as Luke was saying this morning, it's not about us striving in our strength. It's all about a submission and a surrender to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, I just want to mention that whole gift too of the prayer language that the Holy Spirit gives you, how we can pray in tongues. It is such an empowering gift. I was just listening to a testimony recently where this woman got up in the, felt prompted to get up in the middle of the night and start praying, and she didn't know what it was about. So she was praying and then suddenly she was just praying in the spirit and then suddenly in English she started shouting get up in the name of Jesus get up and she kept on like that for a little while and then she felt the burden to pray lift and she went back to bed many years later she happened to be in a meeting where that Chinese man who had been in prison. You might have read his book called The Heavenly Man. He'd been in prison and he'd been so badly beaten, his legs were like pulp and he couldn't stand. And he was lying in a Chinese prison and suddenly light came into his room and he just felt the presence of people from all around the world and he heard a voice saying, Get up in the name of Jesus! Get up. And she just said, wow, that's what that was all about. And do you know we can partner with God in this sort of thing? Once we realize that we have a supernatural gift from God, once we realize that he wants to do so much more through us than we can even begin to imagine. So if you have a prayer language and you don't use it very often, or it sounds rather feeble compared to others you've heard using it, persevere. You know, children, when they learn to speak, they don't start out with fluent language. They learn a little word at a time, and you might ba 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 But carry on. The fluency will come. Use it. Believe in it. Even if it's only a few syllables, you don't know because it is a supernatural language, the power of that language can be doing things worldwide. 
that you have no clue about and you won't know until you get to heaven one day. Persevere. This is just so amazing what we can do in and through the Holy Spirit who is in us. So, I'm totally lost here. (laughs) Oh, I just wanted to share about um, one of the things I love about having the ladies group on a Thursday is getting to know the ladies and getting to know their stories. And we have some great times together. And just thinking about the Holy Spirit as um, the good shepherd, the guide, uh, the teacher, the comforter. There's so many stories that we share on a Thursday which illustrate this. And it's incredible to think, you know, we were sharing the other day about how come we got to be in Perth at this point in time. And God has brought people from South Africa, from the UK, from Singapore, from New Zealand, from other parts of the, the world, um, around Australia. And he's brought us all here together for such a time as this. And it is amazing to hear the individual testimonies, how God has moved in people's lives and how he's directed them to be here at this point in time. He really does lead and guide us. And before I came here, I was born here, but I was living in South Africa for 36 years. And when I was feeling it was time to come back, I was concerned that perhaps I was just trying to flee a difficult situation in South Africa. But I was saying, Lord, I don't want to go for the wrong motives. Um, And I just felt him share with me um, just a picture of a chessboard and how he just places people where he wants them. And I was reassured he was placing me back in Perth. And he said, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So he's got people, and he's got a lot of South Africans, because South Africans, I think because in South Africa you really know know you need a God. (laughs) There you can go out and not sure if you're going to get home safely that day. So you're more likely to be aware of your need of God. And he has seeded the nations with South Africans who know him. They're often in churches around the world. So to his people who know him, he places them wherever he will because he's got a plan and a purpose for us. Isn't that wonderful to think? We're not just floating around believers. Yeah, it's all very good. We are now called as a kingdom of priests. For our God, royal priests. He's got a plan, he's got a purpose, and he's wanting us to rise up in this time. He's wanting us to rise up because he's wanting that knowledge of the glory of the Lord to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so, as we are good sheep, we're listening to our shepherd, we're hearing him, we're dependent upon him. We don't get to that place where we think we can do things in our own strength. But we're forever humble. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Don't you want grace? Sometimes I need a good dose of humility. God's able to do that too. He can bring someone along to just put you in your place at the right time. So he doesn't want us to settle down. He wants us to move on. He wants us to be filled afresh each day 
with the power of his indwelling spirit within us because he's a good shepherd, a good shepherd. If we truly believe that, we won't have such a struggle of surrender. We won't have such a struggle submitting to his word. But I encourage you, take his word and read it as if you're reading it for the first time. Take it up again and say, I'm going to choose to believe what I read. I'm going to choose to obey what God says. It will make a huge difference when we come in that attitude. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to be well. He wants us to have a testimony so that we can bring him glory. You know, it's not very glorious when the sheep are all shaggy and ill-cared for, is it? When we're doing well, when we're prospering, when we're full of joy, when we're full of confidence. And it doesn't have to be that our circumstances are great. As we've heard this morning, it can be in a prison. It can be in dire circumstances. He's still able to give us still waters, green pastures to eat, and the knowledge of his presence that comfort and reassure us. And it's often in difficult situations that others look to us and saying, what's it with them? They seem to be okay. Why am I so anxious? What have you got that I don't know? What have you got that I need? And that opens doors for us. So look after your soul. Look after your soul. Look after yourselves. Not by trying to tend yourselves, but by leaving the word of God, by feeding richly on the goodness of God, by taking his promises, by praying them back to him, by telling him how much he, you love him. And most of all, just by receiving, receive from him, because he's got so much to give you. He's got so much more. It doesn't matter where you're at. There's so much more for each and every one of us. We have a good shepherd, folk. When Jesus got up and said, I am the good shepherd, he was assuring you that he is almighty God, able to take care of you, able to provide for you, able to comfort you. He knows the beginning from the end. And all we need to do is just follow him, follow his voice. So let me close in prayer. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. If anyone wants prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for healing, for whatever, it will be a privilege for the leaders to pray for you afterwards. Amen.
Thank you, Kay. It was great. Um, Ros was just talking to us uh, Friday about her GPS in her car <laughs> and how she's become so reliant upon it. Um, and I'm sure there's others in the room as well who, who use those things, you know. You type in whatever address you've got to go and then you follow, but you're not just looking at the, at the uh, screen, but you're listening. And uh, Robin's got into the habit of doing the same thing. She put it on her phone and so you've got this little voice that's always talking in the car. And, you know, the, the wonderful thing of the New Covenant is that it, it changes the way that we read Scripture and it changes the way that we respond to God in that this word is, not, is no longer a rule book. Uh, a lot of people take the Bible, it's a rule book. Now it's a whole lot of rules that I have to abide by and obey. It's not a rule book, it's a roadmap. And it really is like a GPS system that, that will guide us. And that's what the shepherd does. He leads us. But very often we just want to go our own way. And we need to actually just slow down, stop, and actually say, no, actually I need to be led by the good shepherd who will guide me and take me to places of refreshing because that's what he does. Um, and so we don't, read this, we don't read this book as a rule book. We read it as a road map to guide us. And that voice that the GPS is there, turn right here, turn left there, and 30 metres, turn that's, it's the Holy Spirit. So that when we take this, we're not just reading dead words, we're allowing the voice to actually bring direction, which is what Dione was talking about before. God is always speaking to us, and he, we, we, we kind of we listen for religious terms. You ever done that? I've got to hear God. So we listen for a religious voice. We listen for a religious term, term or terminology, and yet God is just wanting to speak just normal. <laughs> he is the good shepherd. And, and as Kay has encouraged us today, I think it's just such a timely word, we, we, need to, we really need to learn how to sensitise our spirit to hear the small, simple, quiet voice of God because he is always speaking to us. And somehow we've got to get out of the habit of he's going to talk in religious terms. He's actually just going to say, um, in 30 metres, I want you to turn left here. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that, that Ros said was that she's struggling to find a way of actually attaching her GPS in the car so that she can see it properly because the little stick-on thing that she's been using keeps failing. And that's what happens sometimes. All the pressures that we go through in life cause us to actually not be able to see clearly what God is saying. We just need to keep feeding on this word and keep listening for his voice so that we know where to go. Amen. He is the good shepherd. And that's the thing. He will never lead us into a place of disaster. 
will always take us to a good place. Thank you, Kay. It's wonderful. If you do want prayer, then please um, come. We'll, we'll have guys who can pray for you. Other than that, bless you.